It's July the 1st. Let's read the Bible. Friends, what a big day this is. The Bible bus is stopping to pick up some new passengers because we have reached exactly the halfway point. We have been chug, chug, chugging our way up the hill, the mountain of God's word. And yesterday we reached exactly the halfway point. And if you look up ahead of us, I can see in the distance just that the peaks are towering through the clouds. I can see the book of Revelation is up ahead of us. We got a ways to go. We still have Job and we still have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the prophets. And we've got a good portion of the book of Psalms. And we got the book of Acts and all the epistles of the New Testament. But we have come a long way. So glad to have you with us on this journey here on July the 1st, as we're going to, in just a moment, wrap up the book of Second Chronicles. But let me just say, for those who are just joining us, and I know that there are some, number one, I want you to go to keepbelieving.com. There you will find a, a, a big banner, big link. It's going to say, let's read the Bible. Click on it. You can download the reading guide, and that will tell you uh, where the bus is going to be stopping every single day, July August, September, October, November, December. You can also tell where we've been. It's a free PDF. Give you the readings for the whole year. The second thing I want to say, if you're just joining us, that the, the these videos, if uh, if you didn't watch any of the first half or only some of them, doesn't matter. All the videos so far are archived on Facebook, on YouTube, on Rumble, but especially at KeepBelieving.com. Again, keepbelieving.com, click on Let's Read the Bible. All of them so far, they're just there. You, you would go to that page that says Let's Read the Bible, then go down a little bit, and you'll see it's organized by month. So you can see the videos for January, February, March, April, May, June, and now we've got a new tab coming up for the month of July. So just remember this. All the videos for this year, God willing, in the years to come, they're going to be available free always. 24-7-365. And again, if you are new, I hope you will like these videos. I hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube page and also to the Keep Believing Rumble channel. That will help us a great deal. Also, be sure and tell your friends. Now, let's jump right in. 2 Chronicles 34, 35, and 36. We have talked about some of the great kings. We Asa was a great king, and Ahaz had his moments Hezekiah certainly was a tremendous king. But now here comes the last of the good kings. And I think arguably the greatest of all the good kings of Judah, a young man, a boy, a, the child king, King Josiah. We begin to read. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. and He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, and walked in the ways of his ancestor David, he did not turn aside to the right or the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a youth, Josiah began to seek the Lord, the God of his father, David. And in the twelfth year, he began to cleanse Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the Asherah poles, the carved images, and the cast images. Then in his presence, the altars of the Baals were torn down, and he chopped down the shrines that were above them. He shattered the Asherah poles, the carved images, and the cast images, crushed them to dust, and scattered them over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priest on their altars. So he cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. He did the same in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, Simeon, 
and his forest Naphtali and on their surrounding mountain shrines. He tore down the altars and he smashed the Asherah poles and the carved images to powder. He chopped down all the shrines throughout the land of Israel and returned to Jerusalem. In the 18th year of his reign, in order to cleanse the land and the temple, Josiah sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, along with Maaseah, the governor of the city, and the court historian Joah, son of Joahaz, to repair the temple of his God. So they went to the high priest Hilkiah, gave him the silver brought into God's temple. The Levites and the doorkeepers had collected it from Manasseh, Ephraim, and from the entire remnant of Israel, and from all Judah, Benjamin, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They gave it to those doing the work, those who oversaw the Lord's temple. They gave it to the workmen who were working in the Lord's temple to repair and restore the temple. They gave it to the carpenters and builders that also used it to buy quarry stone and timbers for joining and making beams for the buildings that Judah's kings had destroyed. The men were doing the work with integrity. Their overseers were Jahath and Obadiah, Levites from the Merarites and Zechariah and Meshulam from the Kohathites as supervisors. The Levites were all skilled with musical instruments. They were also over the porters and were supervising all those doing the work task by task. Some of the Levites were secretaries, officers, and gatekeepers. When they brought out the silver that had been deposited in the Lord's temple, the priest Hilkiah found the book of the law of the Lord written by the hand of Moses. Consequently, Hilkiah told the court secretary Shaphan, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. And he gave the book to Shaphan. Shaphan took the book to the king and also reported, Your servants are doing all that was placed in their hands. They have emptied out the silver that was found in the Lord's temple and have given it to the overseers and to those doing the work. Then the court secretary Shaphan told the king, The priest Hilkiah gave me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. Then he commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, the court secretary Shaphan, and the king's servant Asiah, go and inquire of the Lord for me and for those remaining in Israel and Judah concerning the words of the book that was found. For great is the Lord's wrath that is poured out on us because our ancestors have not kept the word of the Lord in order to do everything written in this book. So Hilkiah and those the king had designated went to the prophetess Huldah, the wife of Shalom, son of Tokath, son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the second district. They spoke with her about this. She said to them, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. Say to the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says. I am about to bring disaster on this place on and on its inhabitants, fulfilling all the curses written in the book that they read in the presence of the king of Judah, because they have abandoned me and burned incense to other gods so as to anger me with all the works of their hands. My wrath will be poured out on this place, and it will not be quenched. Say this to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. As for the words that you heard, because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and because you humbled yourself before me, and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I myself have heard. This is the Lord's declaration. I will indeed gather you to your ancestors, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster that I am bringing on this place and on its inhabitants. Then they reported to the king. So the king sent messengers and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem, 
The king went up to the Lord's temple with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, as well as the priests and the Levites, all the people from the oldest to the youngest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. Then the king stood at his post and made a covenant in the Lord's presence to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul in order to carry out the words of the covenant written in this book. He had all those present in Jerusalem and Benjamin agree to it. So all the inhabitants of Jerusalem carried out the covenant of God, the God of their ancestors. So Josiah removed everything that was detestable from all the lands belonging to the Israelites. And he required all who were present in Israel to serve the Lord their God throughout his reign. They did not turn aside from following the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Hold on to that thought. Throughout their reign, they did not. Throughout his reign, they did not turn aside. Second Chronicles 35. Josiah observed the Lord's Passover and slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day of the first month. He appointed the priests to their responsibilities and encouraged them to serve in the Lord's temple. He said to the Levites who taught all Israel the holy things of the Lord, Put the holy ark in the temple built by Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Since you do not have to carry it on your shoulders, now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. Organize your ancestral families by your divisions according to the written instruction of King David of Israel and that of his son Solomon. Serve in the holy place by the groupings of the ancestral families for your brothers, the lay people, and according to the division of the Levites by family. Slaughter the Passover lambs, consecrate yourselves, and make preparations for your brothers to carry out the word of the Lord through Moses. Then Josiah donated 30,000 sheep, lambs, and young goats, plus 3,000 cattle from his own possessions for the Passover sacrifices for all the lay people who were present. His officials also donated willingly for the people, the priests and the Levites, Hilkiah, Zechariah, and Jehiel, chief officials of God's temple gave 26,000 Passover sacrifices and 300 cattle for the priests, Conaniah and his brothers Shemaiah and Nethanel, then Hashabiah, Jael, and Jezebel, officers of the Levites, donated 5,000 Passover sacrifices for the Levites, plus 500 cattle. So the service was established. The priests stood at their post and the Levites in their divisions, according to the king's command, then they slaughtered the Passover lambs, and while the Levites were skinning the animals, the priests, priests splattered the blood they'd been given. They removed the burnt offering so that they might be given to the groupings of the ancestral families of the lay people to offer to the Lord according to what is written in the book of Moses. They did the same with the cattle. They roasted the Passover lamb with fire according to regulation. They boiled the holy sacrifices in pots, kettles, and bowls, and they quickly brought them to the lay people. Afterwards, they made preparations for themselves and for the priests, since the priests, the descendants of Aaron, were busy offering up burnt offerings and fat until night. So the Levites made preparations for themselves and for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, the singers, the descendants of Asaph were at their stations, according to the command of David, Asaph, Heman, and Jejuthun, the king's seer also, the gatekeepers were at each temple gate. None of them left their task because the Levite brothers had made preparations for them. So all the service of the Lord was established that day for observing the Passover and for offering burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord, according to the command of King Josiah. The Israelites who were present in Judah also observed the Passover at this time and the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. 
though Passover had been observed like it in Israel since the days of the prophet Samuel, none of the kings of Israel ever observed the Passover like the one that Josiah observed with the priests, the Levites, all Judah, the, the Israelites were present in Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the 18th year of Josiah's reign. This Passover was celebrated. After all this, Josiah had prepared for the temple. King Necho of Egypt marched up to fight at Carchemish by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out to confront him. But Necho sent messengers to him saying, What's the issue between you and me, king of Judah? I have not come against you, up against you today, but I am fighting another dynasty. God told me to hurry. Stop opposing God who is with me. Don't make him destroy you. But Josiah did not turn away from him. Instead, in order to fight with him, he disguised himself. He did not listen to Necho's words from the mouth of God, but went to the valley of Megiddo to fight. The archers shot King Josiah, and he said to his servants, Take me away, for I am severely wounded. So his servants took him out of the war chariot, carried him in his second chariot, and brought him to Jerusalem. Then he died, and they buried him in the tomb of his ancestors. All Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah chanted a dirge over Josiah, and all the male and female singers still speak of Josiah in their dirges today. They established them as a statute for Israel, and indeed, they are written in the dirges. The rest of the events of Josiah's reign, along with his deeds of faithful love, according to what is written in the law of the Lord and his words from beginning to end, are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. So ends the story of Josiah, the last king, the last good king of Judah, and I think the greatest of all the good kings, a truly great man. So here now in one final chapter is the end of the story. Second Chronicles 36, then the common people took Jehoahaz, son of Josiah, and made him king in Jerusalem in place of his father, Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king, and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. The king of Egypt deposed him in Jerusalem and fined the land 75,000 pounds of silver and 75 pounds of gold. Then King Necho of Egypt made Jehoahaz his brother Eliakim king over Judah and Jerusalem and changed Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. But Necho took his brother Jehoahaz and brought him to Egypt. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Now King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked him and bound him in bronze shackles to take him to Babylon. Also, Nebuchadnezzar took some of the articles of the Lord's temple to Babylon and put them in his temple in Babylon. The rest of the deeds of Jehoiakim, the detestable actions he committed and what was found against him are written in the book of Israel's kings. His son Jehoiachin became king in his place. Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king. He reigned three months and ten days in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. In the spring, Nebuchadnezzar sent for him and brought him to Babylon, along with the valuable articles of the Lord's temple. Then he made Jehoiachin's brother Zedekiah king over Judah and Jerusalem. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. and did not humble himself before the prophet Jeremiah at the Lord's command. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear allegiance by God. He became obstinate and hardened his heart against returning to the Lord, the God of Israel. All the leaders of the priest and the people multiplied 
their unfaithful deeds, imitating all the detestable practices of the nations, and they defiled the Lord's temple that he had consecrated in Jerusalem. But the Lord, the God of their ancestors, sent word against them by the hand of his messenger, sending them time and time again, for he had compassion on his people, not his dwelling place. But they kept ridiculing God's messengers, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets, until the Lord's wrath was so stirred up against his people that there was no remedy. So he brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their fit young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary. He had no pity on young men or young women, elderly or aged. He handed them all over to him. He took everything to Babylon, all the articles of God's temple, large and small, the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the treasures of the king and his officials. Then the Chaldeans burned God's temple. They tore down Jerusalem's wall, burned all its palaces, and destroyed all its valuable articles. He deported those who escaped from the sword to Babylon. They became servants to him and his sons until the rise of the Persian kingdom. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, and the land enjoyed its Sabbath rest all the days of the desolation until 70 years were fulfilled. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah, the Lord roused the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia, issue a proclamation throughout his entire kingdom, and also to put it in writing. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says, The Lord, the God of the heavens, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem in Judea. Any of his people among you may go up, and may the Lord, his God, be with them. And so, we come to the end of the book of Second Chronicles. It ends at an unusual place. We have gone through Josiah, who's a great man. He shouldn't have gone out against uh, the Egyptian leader, the ruler, Nico. Shouldn't have gone out against him. That was a bad move. Cost him his life. But uh, you know, we were told earlier about Hezekiah. Hezekiah did the Passover. And it was great. It's amazing. There had never been a Passover like it since the days of Solomon. But did you read what it said there? Did you hear what it said about Josiah? His Passover, his, it was so thorough, so deep, so heartfelt. There had never been a Passover like it since the days of Samuel. That goes all the way back. So another hundred years at least before Solomon. More than that, really. Fantastic. And, and what was the, what would, the, the two things I want to say, and then we will be done for today. I want to say one thing. There was revival. Josiah was the last good king, and he was not long before the end. It was like one final, one shining moment of repentance, one shining moment of mercy, one shining moment of hope. How did it come about? Well, Josiah set his heart to serve the Lord, but then Hilkiah, Blew the dust off that, found those scrolls, found found the found the word of God, found the law of God hidden in the temple. Brought it out, showed it to Josiah. The king read it. He called the people together, and the king read it to the people. Said, "We are now going to follow this, my friends. That's real revival, when the leaders pick up the book of God, and empowered by the Spirit of God, challenge the people of God." to say, we are going to serve the Lord. And therefore, a few shining moments, happy years. There was peace in the land. 
and prosperity and blessing. Judgment was to come later, but this ought to tell us, if you want revival, we need leaders who will go back and blow the dust off the Word of God and hold the Word of God up to the people and read it to the people and say, we are now going to serve the Lord. That's the way of true biblical revival. Then, of course, there were other kings in Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and Zedekiah, and back the nation. We just goes to show you, even after great revival, idolatry was so deep into the hearts of the people and the sin had lasted so long, there was no answer except the people were going to have to go to Babylon. It was part of God's judgment, but it wasn't to destroy them. It was to burn the love of idolatry, burn it out of them the hard way, to blast it out of them the hard way, so that over there in the heart of heathen darkness, the light of God would begin to shine once again in their hearts, which is why when the time had come, Babylon is gone, and now the Persians are in power and King Cyrus. That's why Ezra ends Second Chronicles this way, to say to them and to say to us, God's got a plan. He has got a plan. What he did in the past, he can do in the present. What he does in the present, he can do in the future. You can trust the Lord. His word is true. So go out and have a great God-blessed day. No matter where you are today spiritually with the Lord, know this. God's not forgotten you. He knows where you are and what you're doing. He knows what's best. Trust him. He's going to bring you out to where he wants you to be. Have a great day, folks. Come back tomorrow. We're going to be back in the book of Psalms. God bless. See you then.